0: Thank you. Thank you, J.B. Sears. And thank all of you for coming out today and braving the cold to stand up for democracy and for our children and for the United States Constitution. I, I, wanna, I wanna start with a salute to the doctors, the medical doctors, the healers, the courageous doctors of conscience who stood up with me here today and who preceded me onto this podium. We, one of the most disconcerting, alarming features of this pandemic response has been this war against doctors of conscience. We know their names, Pierre Corey, Peter McCulloch, Paul Merrick, Paul Alexander, Ryan Cole, Tess Laurie, and so many others whose lives and livelihoods are being destroyed because they are trying to do their jobs and protect our children. Now, the other really disconcerting part of this pandemic response has been what I call the information chaos. The use, the orchestrated confusion and fear by manipulating PCR tests and over amplifying them by changing the metrics on how death certificates are calculated. The complete absence of any good information on case fatality rates or infection fatality rates or all the things that our public health agencies ought to be telling us so that we can individually, with our physicians, evaluate the risk and treatment and prophylactic protocols. We weren't given any of that information. The information that we were given was badly, badly manipulated. And so now we're left saying, what really happened? We weren't told, for example, that there was a age stratified risk. That people who are over 70 are a thousand times more at risk from COVID, and those under 70, and at children, have a statistically zero risk we were manipulated and the press was manipulated in telling us all that every american faced the same threat as elderly people and that meant that we couldn't have a rational response that protected the vulnerable and protected people in our livelihoods, our culture, our political freedoms, our constitutional rights, and our values, which are all ultimately public health issues. Now, the one data point that in all of this confusion, the fog of war that they created and orchestrated to sow confusion, to sow fear, to make us compliant, The one data point that everybody should know and that we have to regard as reliable because it's the data point that Pfizer gave in its submission to FDA to get its license. We know a lot about the Pfizer vaccine, more than any of the other vaccines, because the Pfizer, uh, Pfizer vaccine is the only vaccine that has a license. And until they get that license, they do not have to re- produce their data. So the only data we really have that's reliable is the Pfizer data. And by the way, there's a half a million pages of granular data which Pfizer and FDA have refused to produce, because they say it's too burdensome. These are the data that they reviewed for 108 days, but they say they can't show it to us for 55 years. So, they promised they were gonna have, because they were rushing the process, they were gonna have complete transparency. Uh, What they meant is, they're gonna have complete transparency in 55 years. Oh, we want it now. Oh. (laughs) So I'm just gonna briefly tell you to review for you the one important thing that you should know from Pfizer's own data, which is the section of the submission to FDA where they talk about all-cause mortality. And what they say in that data, which Steve Kirsch, you can go to his blog, and you can see a really good explanation of it. But here's what it says, very simple. over the six-month period of the study. They, they ended the study in six months. They told us it was gonna go for five years. They ended it in six months, they unblinded it, and they gave the vaccine to the placebo group. So we will never know the long-term impacts of this vaccine. But here's what they said, what happened in those six months. Of the 22,000 people In the vaccine group, 17 of them, or 21 of them, died over the six-month period. Of the 22,000 people in the placebo group, only 17 died. What that means, if you extrapolate it and consider it reliable, which Pfizer says it is a reliable predictor of the performance of this vaccine, What that means, and this conclusion is inescapable, that if you take the vaccine, you have a 21% increased chance of dying over the next six months. Now, what happened was in the vaccine group, one person died of COVID of the 22,000. In the placebo group, Two people died from COVID. That allowed Pfizer to tell the FDA and the American people that this vaccine is 100% effective. Because two is 100% greater than one. And that is a metric called relative risk. It is a deceit. The important thing for people to understand is absolute risk. And here's what absolute risk tells us. They have to give 22,000 vaccines to protect one person from death from COVID. And if you're going to give 22,000 vaccines to prevent one death, you better make sure the vaccine doesn't kill anybody. Because if it kills one person, You have canceled out all the benefits, but as we saw, 21 people died in the vaccine group and only 17 in the placebo group. So where did those excess deaths come from? The answer to that question is heart attacks in the vaccine group there were five fatal heart attacks in the six-month period among those 22,000 people. In the placebo group, there was one fatal heart attack to the 22,000 people. So what that means is, if you take the vaccine, you're 500% more likely to die of a heart attack over the next six months than if you don't. And It also means that every life they're saving by averting a COVID death, they are killing four excess people with heart attacks. Now, the vaccine now is in the marketplace. And what we've seen is the data points that we are seeing confirm the fact that people are dying of heart attacks. As Steve said, there's been a million injuries recorded in VARES. There have been 20,000 deaths, more deaths than all vaccines combined for the last 36 years. So what is CDC's answer and Tony Fauci's answer to that? Is they say, and this is what the press, like a bunch of stenographers and automatons, will repeat again and again, is, well, their system doesn't work. Well, it's their system. It's the only system they got. We didn't make up the system. They made it up. And they've known for 36 years that it doesn't work. And that's their fallback position, is the system that we gave you to protect you from vaccine injury is so broken and so unreliable that it can't be used for any purpose. Well, the 1986 Act, Congress ordered HHS and the industry to create a working surveillance system that would allow us to be able to calculate and estimate accurately vaccine injuries and death. So for 36 years, they've been breaking the law. And in 2010, they finally said, "Okay, we'll design a system that works, a surveillance system. Well, they created a machine counting system that captures about 90% of vaccine injuries and deaths. And the study, I'm gonna quote you studies, because I know this has never happened to you before, because you've been listening to CNN and HHS. So you're not used to hearing about scientific studies, but Science actually is determined by doing studies, formally, before we appointed one man to be the science. Oh. Oh. HHS did a study in 2010 that they were going to roll out to all the HMOs. They studied one HMO, which is the Harvard Pilgrim, which is up in New England. They were Harvard scientists. They spent millions of dollars. They studied the system for three years, and they had a pilot system that they designed that would capture all the vaccine entries. At the end, the study, which is called the Lazarus Study 2010, they came back and said, we designed a system that works like a charm. It picks up most vaccine injuries, and guess what we found? There, when we compared it to VAERS, we found that VAERS is missing more than 99 percent, not 99 percent, more than 99 percent of vaccine injuries. What did CDC do? They looked at that, and that study said that one out of every 39 people who got vaccinated with any vaccine on average were suffering an injury. CDC was telling the American public it was one in a million. They were lying. And so what was their solution? They shut down that study. They stopped the rollout. They put it on a shelf and they've been keeping it there for 11 years. And now the system that they knew was broken 11 years ago they knew only counted 1% of vaccine injury 11 years ago. Now they're telling you it, it is overestimating vaccine injuries. Those 20,000 people didn't really die of the vaccine. Those 100,000 people weren't really injured. Well, there are a lot of studies that show that theirs doesn't work. I can see that. There's not one scientific study that shows that it overcounts vaccine injury. Every study shows it undercounts them. I 50%, 80%, 90%, 99%. No, if somebody tells you from the press theirs can't be counted on because it overestimates vaccine injury, say, show me this study. They cannot. There is no study that does that. Now I want to. My last point was the point that brought us all to here. We are all from different political orientations, from different political parties, from different assumptions and backgrounds, from different races and creeds and colors. We are here for one reason. We love the United States of America. And we know, and when we say that we love the United States, it means a lot of things. It means we love our history, we love our neighbors, we love our communities, we love our values, we love God. We love all kinds of of versions of God. We, but most of all, and we love our Purple Mountains majesty, the landscapes that form the basis for this country. Uh, Most of all, it means we love the United States Constitution. And we have witnessed over the past 20 months a coup d'etat against democracy and the demolition, the controlled demolition, of the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And starting with the censorship. And James Madison, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, all said the same thing. We put freedom of speech in the First Amendment because all of the other rights that we were trying to protect relied on that right. If you, if you give government the license to silence its critics you have given them the capacity to commit any atrocity they want and to obliterate all the amendments and rights of the constitution oh as soon as they got rid of freedom of speech they went after freedom of religion they closed every church in this country for a year with no regulatory process, no public hearing, no demonstration of science, no scientific citation to show that it was going to do any good. They kept the liquor stores open as essential businesses. But I remind you that liquor stores are not mentioned in the United States Constitution, and churches are. They took away our property rights It closed a million businesses, with no due process, no just compensation. They took away jury trials. The Seventh Amendment says, no American shall be deprived of a right to a trial before a jury of his peers in cases or controversies that exceed $25 in value. There is nothing else. That's all it says. There's no pandemic exception. There's no war exception. There's no any exception. And yet they have passed, I won't even say it, a rule just because there was no rulemaking, just a policy. And you cannot sue any company, any of these large multinational corporations that claim to be involved in countermeasures. No matter how reckless their behavior, no matter how negligent their conduct, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue that company. They have a license. These are criminal companies, by the way. These are serial felons. The four companies that make all of our U.S. vaccines for the children's program, Pfizer, Glaxo, uh, Sanofi, and Merck, have paid $35 billion in criminal penalties for hundreds of violations and damages in the last 10 years. These are the companies that gave us the opioid crisis. It kills 56,000 children a year, more American kids every year than the Vietnam War killed in 20 years. These are not good citizens. These are criminal enterprises. And now you're taking away any economic or legal incentive for them to behave? What do you think they're gonna do? You think they found Jesus suddenly? And they're gonna take care of us and our children, and they're suddenly concerned with public health? No. They took away due process rulemaking, they've taken away our right to be free of warrantless searches and seizures. This is very intrusive track and trace surveillance, etc. Oh, so, we are watching something now that I never believed that I would see in my lifetime. And I read in Orwell and Kafka and Aldous Huxley, this, this dystopian science fiction novels that one day the United States would be overtaken by fascism. Fascism, incidentally, is defined, Mussolini defined it as a merger of state and corporate power, and orchestrated by Tony Fauci. So, oh! what we're seeing today, what we're seeing today is what I call turnkey totalitarianism. They are putting in place all of these technological mechanisms for control. Uh, We've never seen before. It's been the ambition of every totalitarian state from the beginning of mankind to control every aspect of behavior, of conduct, of thought, and to obliterate dissent. None of them have been able to do it. They didn't have the technological capacity. Even in Hitler's Germany, you could you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. I visited in 1962 East Germany with my father and met people who had climbed the wall and escaped. So it was possible. Many died drawing it, but it was possible. Today, the mechanisms are being put in place. that will make it so none of us can run and none of us can hide. The, Within five years, we're going to see 415,000 low-orbit satellites. Bill Gates says his 65,000 satellites alone will be able to look at every square inch of the planet 24 hours a day. They're putting in 5G to harvest our data and control our behavior. Digital currency that will allow them to punish us from a distance and cut off our food supply vaccine passports you have you have a series of rights as flawed as our government has is you can still go out and go to a bar you can go to a sporting event you can get on a bus or an airplane and you can travel you have certain freedom you can get educated etc The minute they hand you that vaccine passport, every right that you have is transformed into a privilege contingent upon your obedience to arbitrary government dictates. It will make you a slave. And what do we do about this? What do we do? We resist. I'm going to tell you three rules that you all need to know and memorize. Number one every power that government takes from us, it will never relinquish voluntarily. Oh, so they tell you we're, we just want you to lock down for two weeks just to flatten the curve in the hospitals. But then, 20 months later, they still have us locked down. And even when they give up, when they close the lockdowns and let us go back to normal, they are not relinquishing the power to do it to you again and again and again. They now have that power and they will never let it go until we make them let it go. Number two. Every power they take from us, they will ultimately abuse to the maximum extent possible. Number three. Nobody in history of the planet has ever complied their way out of totalitarian control. Every... Every capitulation is a signal to the oppressors to impose new forms of torment or torture or compliance or obedience. Every time you comply, you get weaker. The hill that you're gonna die on is the hill that you're on right now. And they're coming for our children. And every time they push you back, when you say yes, because you think if I just do this, we can all return to normal. Every time they, they talk you and fool you into, bullies cannot be appeased. It just encourages them to new forms of torture and torment. Every time you say yes, you're getting pushed back to a weaker position. That's why we need to resist today. You, all of you in the crowd, I thank you, I love you. You came out on this cold, cold day to do your duty for the United States of America. Let's go and fight for freedom and let's return to our build back for our children. The America that our, children, our parents fought and died for. Thank you very much.